part two chapter nineteen of if all these young men by romer wilson this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part two london chapter nineteen burlington house although it was the first public day of the exhibition there was no crowd in the spacious saloons of burlington house not more than thirty or forty people stood gazing at the pictures in each fine apartment or sat upon the red leather settees gazing at nothing though it was half an hour past noon the place had an air of early morning of width and cool light and emptiness and the bright gilt and colours of the pictures which hung upon the dark encrusted walls seemed to be morning sun shadows cast through the muslin awning under the glass roof people passed slowly round the walls and gathered in eddies in front of some picture and dispersed again as slowly all the time a few more people came in than went out and gradually the long magnificent suite of vast brown rooms grew a little less empty women in dark clothes pointed sometimes to a particular picture an artist with his hands behind his back rocked on his toes in front of his own work a couple of men like auctioneers passed round talking very quickly and softly as they went with some definite purpose and selected one picture or another in each room but most of the folk there wandered round like josephine and sebastian without saying a word in apparent apathy josephine and sebastian were soothed by the atmosphere of the place the spacious quiet and the bright diffused light produced a harmony of rest round them the bright colours on the walls made them feel contented as if the world were not dark but light and life were happy neither of them made a remark for several minutes sebastian wished only to enjoy the sense of peace and to surrender himself unreasoning to the quietness and rest about him he was utterly worn out and as josephine looked at him she thought when will this interminable war end and set us free to rest a little she herself imagined that she had escaped its tyranny it's over for me she said to herself but though that might be the case she had to hang back with those who had not yet perceived that its strength was wasting sebastian did not particularly notice the pictures he was content to wander slowly round the rooms after josephine and gaze indefinitely at patches of colour one or two pictures of wide landscapes caused him to sigh and one or two quiet interiors made him stand involuntarily a minute before them they went steadily through the rooms from beginning to end and then josephine left him and hurried back to stand in front of a picture of heavy horses drawing up a gun through the snow when she had looked at it for five minutes she went back to where she had left sebastian and found him sitting down on a seat dreaming come with me she said and patiently took him back to the picture of the gun when they were in front of it she put her hand through his arm the picture was a large straightforward direct representation of quiet horses heavily straining forward in bright winter sunlight there were men mounted on some of the horses and men straining at the wheels of the gun josephine drew up her shoulders and sighed and sebastian looked up to see if the sunlight in the picture came from overhead it did not so he looked at the picture again josephine sighed once more and became for a minute very heavy and sorrowful as if her whole heart were lost in the picture and a woman who caught sight of her face thought she was in love with a soldier it's quite nice said sebastian suddenly as if she had asked him his opinion but she did not seem to hear what he said presently they went and sat down on a seat in another room and after some minutes silence she said i suppose we must go 
let's play truant a little while to-day i am going out to lunch somewhere expensive and i hope you'll come and lunch with me she was rather shy and self-conscious as long as it's not the ritz or the carlton i don't mind i couldn't face the ritz to-day he said not with me in my best clothes she said you are a coward sebastian suddenly had a reluctance to move he sat back a little in order to look at josephine she had her best clothes on he noticed she looked very fine and gratified his eyes after a second she became aware that he was admiring her and moved ever so little forward the better to be seen she felt a little tender towards him and began to wish they had the whole afternoon for leisure and turning her head right round smiled into his face he smiled back and began to hit the leather seat with his hand then suddenly jerked himself to his feet and cried i suppose i must go back to work she got up too laughing and said not till we've had lunch you can't say no to that you can't point-blank refuse my command to lunch with me he laughed and said nothing but felt that she was right it was quite impossible to leave her abruptly and go back to work moreover he thought he could legitimately play truant from hell for an hour or two they went through the round room full of ugly statuary and out past the toll-gate down the steep carpeted stairs upon each side of the staircase in niches simpered victorian casts of ancient greek sculptury and at intervals were placed palms and pots fancy palms and pots said josephine they always put them with statues and they made them aprons said sebastian laughing josephine laughed too and began to feel protective towards sebastian and as they went out into the immense quadrangle which shone like an old sandy quarry in the sunshine she became so dignified in her heart that sebastian suddenly thought she was beautiful and was a little afraid of her and for a minute worshipped her as if she were an immortal come to earth overhead the sky was deep and blue and in front of them through the archway of the dark facade they could see the sun shining in piccadilly people hurried past red and white omnibuses black yellow and green taxicabs grey wagons coloured tradesmen's carts went endlessly by and they all seemed small and far off through the high black archway across the other side of the huge quiet quadrangle strewn with orange sand josephine said we will go to scott's sebastian answered good you are supposed to be an artist to-day and i am a rich girl mad on your pictures i don't think any girl would be mad about my pictures said sebastian well it's the case to-day he laughed and as they were just about to go out into the street he put his hand behind her elbow to steer her from the top of parnassus you can wink into the eye of venus said josephine and laughed she was so gay that people in the street turned round it was not then usual to hear laughter in the streets i shall never be on the top of parnassus said sebastian i shall never be venus a gallant reply stuck in his throat he failed to get it out and for the rest of the way to scott's they said nothing they went upstairs and sat by a window shaded with green gauze blinds a soft warm breeze came into the dining-room and nodded the jonquils on the white tables and in the brilliant sunshine outside the traffic hummed like a gigantic lawn-cutter cool green shadows filled the room and made everybody sitting at lunch there quiet and happy and threw all the objects there into tone so that nothing broke the harmonious effect upon the white buffet was a huge dish of scarlet lobsters and other dishes stood round it 
some bright green with lettuce others containing chickens covered with white sauce decorated in designs of sliced radishes and parsley there was a large glazed pie and a grey salmon with a stripe of cucumber down its side there was a silver basin floating with ice and little dabs of butter and one vast magnificent basket piled up with fruit and there was a ham on a silver stand crumbed and ruffled with pink paper fringe all the solid meats had silver skewers with pink paper frills stuck into them like arrows wantonly shot by the gods to whom these things seemed to appertain they all appeared to be properties like gorgeous doll's house food belonging to some divine infant for none of them were touched with knife or fork all the food that was eaten came from downstairs sebastian took a large handkerchief out of his tail pocket and blew his nose and josephine who sat with her elbows on the table smiled at him and said why aren't the rich happy i should be happier said sebastian perhaps not quite so miserable don't you think they neither of them cared in the least if the rich were happy or not they themselves were too gay they ordered their food from an old english waiter whose grey side-whiskers lent to his red face an aspect of reality as if indeed he was a real waiter such as one thought of in childhood his collar and shirt and black suit had that look of being too big for him which only the clothes of english waiters ever get and which is associated in the mind with rare old port and gentle forbearance toward drunken young men and charming servility combined with protectiveness toward the rich fair sex sebastian felt again that josephine was divine and he looked at her openly a little astonished as if one of the muses had come down to talk to him the more he admired her the more divine she became not only to him but to herself she was quite aware of what he thought and she felt happy for it and attained for a little time that simplicity which makes women princesses to the men who are beginning sincerely to admire them the very early morning of love before the sun of love comes up is beautiful and rare then good men are humble and kind and look upon their auroras with enchanted eyes and good women are beautiful and happy in the short hour before the ascendant passions take away their gentle power and subjugate them to the men they once amazed lunch passed pleasantly and the delicate and superficial happiness of them both grew deeper as the afternoon came on when they had finished eating they sat a long time smoking and drinking coffee and forgot that they had not endless time of their own and endless money we must do this again said josephine at last i have enjoyed it it will be my turn next said sebastian getting up it was nearly three o'clock their mood was over and neither of them tried to prolong it a single instant when they were in piccadilly circus josephine repeated we certainly must do it again it has been nice it has been nice answered sebastian and now back to work i suppose she looked at him with an everyday look and let her eyes change into one a little sadder and more intimate and then turning away said abruptly striking the mahogany window-frame of the shop they stood by damn i don't know why we are not all mad she turned again and added throwing up her head and sighing i'll see you sometime good-bye it's been nice and then she stepped into the road and was lost to his sight amongst the traffic end of chapter nineteen recording by expatriate in bangor maine